Good morning, Kevin Holcote, the Information Security Officer at E4 Group. Thank you very much for joining us at Tech Central today. Really, really excited to have you here because I understand the topic about Papier is it's not new by any stretch, but it's very much being spoken about in the hallows and halls of business at the moment. Let's jump straight in. Can you please tell us what we have in store for us for the rest of 2022 and the implications of Papier here in South Africa? Well, going forward into 2022, I think we're going to start seeing a collective view from government coming out as to some prescriptive reviews of the compliance aspects of the Act. I think what we've seen in the past year is some abuses of personal information, and I think government wants to catch up with that. I think there's certainly enough submissions coming into justice about this. But in the same token, there's a lot of breaches occurring. So we're going to start seeing... And those breaches are, some are discreet, some are obtuse, but either way, the breaches are happening nonetheless. So, yeah, some are discreet, some are massive, and they've impacted all aspects of industry, right, from banking through finance, credit risk, and many other entities, including justice. It's not an easy thing to drive the enforcement around that piece, but it is very clear to see that in many instances where there have been breaches, that they've been due to... uh, lack of compliance to the security control requirements that the Act speaks of. And that's also quite challenging in some respects because some of these entities have a duty of care to be better at these things than they have been. And I think the the enforcement is going to come and crack down upon them. Absolutely. And we've seen the comparisons between GDPR and our own Papier Act. And the implications it's going to have on business are huge. But the implications it has on the consumer is also huge. Because the risk of not complying is a threat to our economy, actually. Well, yes, absolutely. If you consider certain requirements to do business, you have to have insurance. And many insurers are now actively stepping away from the cyber PI risk portfolios. And with good reason, because they're bleeding money. It's wanton risk. And most people had reduced it down to a case of, okay, well, we'll just go get an insurance policy to cover us when this happens. And they do nothing up front, which... In terms of an insurance policy, is no reasons really, and a lot of insurance companies have stepped away from that. And we've certainly seen numerous challenges to many, many other parties in South Africa. Fortunately, we haven't had those sorts of problems. It's just been very frightening to see, for instance, how the debt collecting industry has been ravaged. And- Absolutely. Talk about industries, and I don't want to point fingers, but apart from data brokers and, as you already say, debt collectors. Where are some of the other areas of concern and what might our listeners need to really pay attention to, whether it's industry specific or topical right now? Well, I certainly think that a lot of people have gone the way of minimal compliance. I think that's clearly evident by the scale of the breaches that have been occurring and not just the scale of those breaches, but the rapid rate of them. I certainly think people have abdicated that responsibility. So I think there the listeners should start to focus on what does compliance really mean to a business? You know, when we do a data impact assessment, are we actually assessing the impact of what our data breach would be? Okay. And that's what you and E4 Group do on behalf of the Tech Central. Well, no, not necessarily. Uh, we, okay. we do certain clients with those journeys. We're a software as a service business. We have a data aggregation business on the side that helps entities lawfully enrich their personal information. And that enrichment of that personal information is very closely aligned to Papier. And fortunately, where we have clients, we help them walk that journey where they've gained a measure of respect and 
approached marketing to their staff and to their clients. Okay, so what I'm definitely hearing you say is you, as an organization, you're beholden and cannot abdicate this responsibility. No, absolutely not. You, you've, you've, yeah. got, you've got two responsibilities. You've got a responsibility both to your staff. So every business in South Africa has some sort of personal information that they're responsible for. And you have to understand that scale. And that's part of your data protection impact assessment. And interestingly, I'm buoyant and hopeful that the regulators at some stage during 2022, if not 2023, going to come out with a stronger set of guidances towards small enterprises, much like we have QSE striation within the Empowerment Act, we should start to see that sort of striation happening within Papua. So if you're a small entity and mm. you only have personal information of your staff members and you don't have personal information of citizens of South Africa at scale or mm. within a certain banding, your requirements to compliance are set at a certain level lower. And I would hope that that would happen because compliance has been very difficult for some of the smaller enterprises to achieve. I'm sure and it's not necessarily their focus until it becomes a problem. Um, well, yeah, but on, yeah, exactly. And on that note, for someone who does run a small business, it was very easy to find the information that was useful to me. I'm very impressed with the amount of access to information that is ramp up here and some of the tools that are there to assist. What are some of the points around the collection of data that we should be aware of right now before we start talking about you know, opting in, opting out, cleaning, whitewashing, et cetera? Wow. Uh, so collection of data, mm. it all largely runs around your mandate. I mean, are you really entitled to go and collect data with rich data if you don't have written consent from a staff member? And if you're going to be accessing third-party data for a marketing campaign, for instance, a data broker comes to you and says, I've got opted-in data. You've really got to go beyond that lick and a promise and get it on to paper to say, here is my compliance ratio. Here's how I've assessed for this period and for this campaign the opt-in for these people. Because what we're finding is even the, the most astute of businesses, like large businesses that have been running for 100 years or more, are being duped into a false sense of we're compliant because we're accessing this data from these people who say they're compliant. And sure. this, is, this is one of the terrorist situations because when you've got a gigantic business, and I won't name them, but we have some really large businesses in South Africa, and when they put their muscle towards a marketing campaign and a telephony mm. program, mm. you best believe they're going to reach 50 million people as quickly as possible. And Come, come hell or high water. It becomes vexatious. Mm, mm. it's dangerous as you say and that's specifically where we should expect your listeners to start placing emphasis i mean even if you don't have personal information you want to access personal information take your brand out into the market good due diligence and a strong sense of interpretation of the act fairly rather than in your personal favor is required okay so let's assume that we are on this journey We've sought some advice. We've got some advice from a legal representative. We're starting to understand what the implications are in the business, and we've put some marketing around, and we are trying to bring our staff or our colleagues more aware and more aligned with what's going on. How do we avoid this, and I'm sorry to use the term, but just becoming another tick box exercise? It's something a lot of people struggle with with regards to pretty much every compliance regime set forth. Everything runs the risk of a checkbox exercise. And the one thing I could say is lean more towards, and especially within the first years of a new compliance regime, lean towards evidence-based audits. Even if you're doing a self-assessment, 
go and find the evidence. Don't just sit back and say, well, realistically, we've got these sorts of controls and we think it's okay. Test them, yeah. verify them, go have a look. Go yep. Take samples. And if you don't have the expertise in-house, there are many well-priced service providers out there who will assist you with this. You know, in some of our interesting journeys in the past three years, we've helped people de-spaghettify a lot of data. And it's very clear that the intent to do good things for the citizens of South Africa and act correctly towards the citizens of South Africa was largely there by most corporates. We can believe that. We just need to come to the right recipe. It's always a difficult problem in the first year of your compliance regime. How do you really assess true compliance and how do you really assess the efficacy of what we're doing? And are we truly in the right sense of understanding? So you mentioned your legal opinions and things like that. Your law firms also offer a lot more than just an opinion on your approach. They also offer services to verify the efficacy of your programs. They also offer a lot of kickstarting points, documentation, awareness training. And this is probably one of the bigger things to avoid it becoming a checkbox exercise is regular routine awareness. And I cannot stress this enough. Say that again, regular routine awareness. Awareness, yes. And this goes for all aspects of your business. It's not just your compliance regimes. It's not just information security and the latest phishing stuff. It's also about how your business is operating, getting in touch with your staff, executive management, staff base, always interchanging information around what's our current posture, what's our strategic overview and outlook for the next three years and how are we servicing that? And how does our compliance regime align with our strategic overview? Make sure you integrate that compliance regime with your business at that core level and it will live on beyond the checkbox exercise. But just coming back to... Just coming back to the awareness piece, though, Mm. it cannot be understated how much your staff want to integrate with the business and they want the latest cutting-edge information and guidance on how to integrate to businesses. So don't discount powerful, prepackaged, excellent copy from the likes of some of your bigger attorney firms in South Africa. They will have great programs. Then there are third-party software-as-a-service awareness tools out there that are very, very good as well. So... Consider okay. those. Well, Kevin, thank you very much. You've given some very useful insights and, and unadulterated advice here. Because I think that when the regulator does start to find examples of where they can start clawing back and setting an example of certain organizations, individuals, organizations that perhaps thought that they were squeaky clean, yeah. there's going to be egg on faces. And thank you for these insights. Sure, thanks. And to that point, we are seeing some entities with egg on their faces with successive breaches already. And it's proving to be very, very interesting to see just how simplified the breach paths were in some of these attacks. We can default passwords, reuse passwords, things like that. Of course. And and the regulator now has those organizations in their crosshairs, but where else is the regulator perhaps exploring right now? I think the regulator is just trying to make sense of the overwhelming volume of material coming into them about breaches and really? and requests. Yeah, And complaints? Uh, many, many, really? many complaints. Wow. <laughs> yes, yes. I can tell you, if you have a good compliance regime up front, your complaints will naturally be very low. Mm-hmm. In many cases, they'll just be spurious attempts at trying to find out information or approach you with a commercial offering to manage your puppy compliance for you. But the data broken specter 
you say, has had reached a proportion I cannot stress is beyond crazy. Okay. That's those victims of those campaigns mm. are making many complaints to the regulator. And I think just trying to get through the many successive layers of how data broking works and how the campaign management works and things like that has gotten to winding up all of the resources available for investigations within the regulator. You have to remember that the regulator mm. is unstaffed. Mm. So the influx of complaints, the influx of breach notifications has just overworked them to a point where mm, it's going to be quite mm. challenging. So I think they'll be working on that, but also don't discount other regulatory bodies within mm. South for taking an interest in this. So you have to consider that the National Credit Regulator will take an aggressive view on credit risk reporting data being breached. And we've had a number of those incidents. So I would also stress that you have to worry, much like running a business in South Africa, you have to worry about the departments of labor and all sorts of things like that. If you are required to be compliant with the National Credit Act and registered with the National Credit Regulator, expect they will come knocking on your door and that will have a far more significant immediate impact to your business operations than the information regulator would. Okay. Kevin, thank you. I'm very aware of time and the fact that our listeners are very aware that Papier is around and Papier is going to happen and there are punitive measures that are going to be put in place. Whether it's a slap on the wrist, whether it's a financial implication, either way, the time and effort and cost of rectifying a fault is arguably time wasted. And the cost of that waste is going to be passed on to the consumer. And as, as a listener on Tech Central, we all want to avoid having to... You know, push our prices, change up our models in order to pass that price back to the consumer. And so I think your advice is sound. And I think your warnings have been very clearly heard. So I thank you very much for the clarity on that topic. No problem. But yes, it is a great point to note that these can be costly exercises. And one of the ways to avoid these cost complications is to integrate the program into your organic working model as soon as possible, not operated as an adjacent project. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's not just seen as another tick box compliance exercise. Or not something that you have to annually fund as sure. an additional exercise. Just roll it up and integrate it into your current operating model to lessen that impact of the compliance. Sure, you may have to purchase tools like encryption at rest for your databases. Mm. But those are usually one-time affairs with some support on the tail end that don't have an appreciative impact on your pricing model. Mm. It's when you tend to run these compliance programs as adjacent projects with staff allocated to them and consultants and legal opinions here and there, they get very costly and you have to recover that. It's no longer an add-on. Oh, no, no. It's one of the wheels of the juggernaut rolling forward that if you lose it, you you lose your balance on the road. Good analogy. And on that note, Kevin Holkhead, a certified practitioner in information securities with extensive background and experience in both South Africa, but also offshore privacy regulations. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for your insights and sharing that knowledge. I know that you're available to our listeners for them to reach out to you. And when this this podcast is made live and listened to, there'll be further information and contact details shared there. So we really appreciate your time. Thank you, Kevin. Wonderful. Thank you very much, James. Mm. I appreciate the time and you have a great day. Thank you very much. So for me, James Erasmus of Tech Central, wonderful morning and a wonderful day. And we look forward to protecting ourselves from what could become a disaster, but doesn't need to be. Thank you, Kevin. 
Act early. Thank exactly. you. Exactly. Act early. Thank you very much from Tech Central.